everybody. This is No Chick Flick Moments, and I am your co-host, Remy. Hi, Remy. I am your other co-host, B. Hi, B. And... <laughs> and this week... And this week, we are finally at our retrospective. Yes, we have a special episode coming to you guys this week. We are doing our season 14 look back and kind of wrapping it up with our season 15 wish list. You guys know, I love to say, this is not my season 15 speculation up. Well, guess what? (laughs) We made it. We're actually going to do it now. And, and oh my gosh, B, I, I know I'm going to repeat myself at the end of this episode, but you know what I realized today? What? We're, we're about a week ahead actually recording this from when we're airing it, but, but when you guys listen to this episode, the next week, the very next Sunday, you guys are getting our episode one of season 15. How like, fucking season crazy. fifteen is coming up so quick here. I I was on Tumblr today and I was drafting my Hey guys spoilers post and I'm like oh god it's here. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, but today right here right now we are talking about season fourteen as a whole, what we liked, what we didn't like, uh, and. And as B said, we're going to round it out with a little bit of talk about what we are expecting or what we would like to see from season 15. Yes. Which is coming out in two weeks. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. I'm done. We're fine. <laughs> we're good. <laughs> so, Remy, where where should we start? We want to look at season 14 as a whole? Well, y- yeah. How? Yeah. You know what? I think... <laughs> Don't laugh at me. What the fuck? I'm just, it's such a brazen show of confidence in what you're saying. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, what was season 14 again? What? Uh... What even? <laughs> yeah. How about we start off with a bit of a season 14 overview ish? thing yes can you tell that i know what i'm talking about you're talking about like your grade 12 (laughs) thesis sentence that you're going to give this essay on season 14 Uh uh-huh uh-huh what what's my what's my topic statement yeah um Mm -hmm. if i had to pick one like and it's so hard to take a whole season and it really is and say, like, okay, well, here's something about the whole season that I really liked. But I'm going to do it anyways. Um, I think that if I had to pick one on the season as a whole, what I think about, what I remember uh, feeling the most, and and what I think is going to stick with me with season 14, is how exciting it was to go on that narrative journey of beginning to end and Mm -hmm. i mean that means absolutely nothing like oh what i liked about the season was that we like started and then we ended and there was a story right it was cool (laughs) they told a story in this season and it was good (laughs) yeah 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 um but but no really what it was is like we started this season off with michael um, mm-hmm. all about the all looming about threat of an archangel. 
Yeah, yeah. And and we came in like, okay, is this going to be really different from Lucifer? What's this going to look like? What? Who is Michael? And what is he going to do? Um, but where we ended, not only like Michael himself, but in but where we took it after we wrapped up Michael as it was in this season, mm-hmm. they fucking zagged on us, man. And <laughs> yes. And and I, I just think it was good. I think it was like this is my little pea brain. Like it was it was a good story. <laughs> well, and it was like really smart of them to do it too because okay, let's say that for season fourteen, Michael was the big threat for twenty episodes. Well, then the question becomes: How long do we have Dean as Michael instead of yeah. Dean? And if we don't have him, then like, what's the mechanics behind him body swapping? And it just, I guess it kind of made this gray area of what do you do when one half of your leads isn't your lead? Like, this isn't a Gadriel situation. This is Michael is the one in control. Yeah. So the fact that they decided on episode two to zag us and Dean's back and where the fuck is Michael? Like, that, to me, I was like, oh, that sets up a much more interesting story because I didn't even expect you to go down this road. Yeah, yeah, and that was just the first of many twists that they gave us. But it was it was all. I think that every time that they did, I'm gonna just stick with this zag on us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it surprised me, but it was always consistently a pleasant surprise. Yeah, it wasn't a left field. What the fuck? Where did this come from? Yeah. Like, the only place I'm like, mm, I'm maybe calling you on this, Remy, is like the Malik box, because I remember you were quite disliking its initial introduction. I, but, well, well, yes, yes. But narratively, it came in at the episode before with Billy bringing it as like the MacGuffin that they needed. So even if it was like, there's these elements that maybe you could have qualms with, like as a whole, it was still really solid and it really followed its own internal narrative and logic. I mean, I could go on and on and on about how strong the writing was and cohesive the story was uh, through this season in a way that, you know, I don't think that we've seen before. I just think this is, you've said before, I know, we are just getting stronger and stronger with the writing. Mm-hmm. Um uh, we've been seeing it in the last few seasons, and and I think that we've kept on track with this with the season fourteen for sure. But but you can't call my bullshit on the Malik box because because when we introduced the Malik box, I saw it as one thing, like oh my god, another suicide mission, like another mm-hmm. throw yourself away. But it, what they did with it. It completely subverted what I thought the point of the box was, you know? Yeah, like, I'm chanting again, Chekhov's box, Chekhov's <laughs> box. Yeah, you saw it. You saw it. I, I saw this one-dimensional thing, but you you were galaxy-brained out on that one. Well, and you're mentioning subversion. Like, if I have a takeaway from this season, it would really be the subverting of our expectations because we have that almost as a theme running through quite a lot of the episodes. We have just with Michael and his 
relationship with Dean. We had in the episode with Harper Sales, Optimism, and how her entire thing was based around a narrative that gets subverted. Um, We have Jack and how he handles Michael and then how he is kind of walking that line between did he go good or evil? Like, all of these things that are leading up to God being subverted from being the good guy to being a bad guy. Like, we had so many elements along the way that just, they hit the same harmonics and were bringing us, like, I'm taking myself off the rails here to be like, even (laughs) with Lucifer, we had Lucifer literally coming back from the empty and then have Jack just slam the door on that. Like, not today, Satan. Right, right. And Michael, I'm going to have, I don't want to talk about Michael's end quite yet because I want to talk about it when we kind of get into the small details of the season. Um... But just, I think the last thing, just j- on on my big takeaway, my big overview, mm-hmm. is um, how we ended the season. Because I said, oh, well, wow, I really liked how it surprised me and defied my expectations that we started one way and ended another. But um, yeah, where we ended was with that Jack, good or bad question, that I didn't see coming from the first half of the season. Um, Mm -hmm. for sure. And then the huge one on the God flip. Yeah. And, you know, the God thing was a one episode thing. Well, well, I don't think it was a one episode thing. I think that we set it up a a lot, actually, with Michael's conversation with Cass and with Cass's conversation with, uh, on IL and, I think there was another, like, uh, uh, Sam conversation that I'm not remembering what it was, but uh, watching the season 14, as we came to them, knowing what the finale was going to bring us, those exactly. moments just jumped off the screen as, oh my god, we were, we were... They were priming us for this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like I am thinking of the nihilism episode that you're mentioning where they brought Michael to the bunker and Michael had the conversation with Cass. Like at that time, it just on the surface, you were like, oh, we're getting interesting insight into Michael as the villain. What is his backstory? But then we get to look at 14 as a whole and go, this was just another paving stone along this path that was taking us to the finale. Yeah, yeah. I, I really, really, really love where we ended this season. Like, I yes. absolutely adored it. Uh, and, and um, you know, with with the Jack question, I, I think that's going to come into one thing that I didn't like about the season. How we kind of pivoted on Jack or how we treated Jack's uh, <laughs> ailment, if you want to call it yeah, that. Yeah, I... I mean, if we want to get into our specifics, by all means, we should jump in because I have that sort of listed down as one of my dislikes as well for yeah. this season. Mm-hmm. Let's not let's not start with a dislike. Let's <laughs> no. Let's let's ping pong this. We might toast it back and forth a bit, but yeah. let's start I'd say positive. Let's, let's have it be a conversation, and yeah. just as it comes up to whatever it comes up, just let it flow. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But what's what's one specific thing that you really liked about this season? 
Well, I I hate how I'm going to answer this because it sounds like more of an overview thing, but I really did like the subtle personal growth that was being shown with our three main leads and then with our side characters as well. Like we saw Dean really evolving in his relationship with um, how he handles personal blame, like mm-hmm. taking everything on to himself. We saw him actually working through that, trying to learn how to handle what Michael had done in his body and how he had been made a victim by Michael and just trying to figure out how to not blame himself for it. Yeah. And what that makes me think of as well is uh, sharing the responsibility of uh, the Jack issue with, with Sam I'm thinking of Jack in the Box, the no, no, it was the opening of Moria where Dean turned to Cass and Sam and said, uh, I told you this would happen. And I mean, he's not really putting the blame on them so much as I mean, he kind of is, but but it was kind of unexpected in my book because for for Dean, I mean, it's like he's not the guy to, I, I guess, put blame at Sam's feet. He always takes it on himself. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's a very weak example of something that uh, something that I think we saw a lot of that shared responsibility or or giving Sam more autonomy of himself i don't know it's uh, yeah the example that i'm thinking of is in ouroboros when dean wakes up from being knocked out and he is smashing his way through the infirmary mm -hmm. and then when he realizes michael's gone he starts going and looking at sam and looking at Cass and be like i told you this would happen i like i saw this coming and you guys wouldn't let me prevent it basically like yeah that felt a bit more like the dean that was coming through season 14 than it would have a dean in previous seasons yeah those are both a kind of like heat of the moment examples where he's like yeah yelling at his brother and friend uh but I don't know why they they stuck out to me as like as part of Dean's growth this season. But I really think that they did. Uh, and when I say I don't know why, it's more like I don't have the words to articulate it. But but I do feel that it was a, a development in his you know character that it's just something that I don't think that I would have expected from Dean. But I, I don't know. Well, it's something that shows a strength of his own convictions and that he holds to them even though he you know at the end of profit and loss agreed to go with sam like he he bowed under the pressures there but he still is his own opinions and when he gets rubbed down to bone then he lets these things out again yeah what what did what did you see in cass and sam well, for Cass, what I really enjoyed was seeing how he had more faith in his place in the family and like that mm-hmm. he genuinely seemed like he was integrating in and having more value in himself just as a member of the family rather than himself as a tool to the family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
we talked about it a lot in absence, um, but that really came through very, very strongly in absence. How Cass, you know, when he was thinking of Mary, he was thinking about that moment when Mary brought Cass in to be included in the family when when she said the Sam and Dean they were never alone yes, and exactly. he was holding on to that to that sentiment as he went in to confront his brothers basically and and then when he did go into the cabin to try to explain himself and 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 say say why he was afraid uh of revealing his doubts about Jack i mean it was because he was afraid of losing his family and mm-hmm. it, and he articulated as much yeah yeah but in that whole conversation what really sh- struck me with it i know i mentioned it at the time was that Cass was actually you know sticking up for himself he was putting his foot down and saying this is why i did it and this is why i care and i have this and i don't want to lose it but but i don't think that he would have even included himself in that earlier like a, a year ago he didn't he didn't include himself in that year ago we saw exactly that with mary Well, and it kind of sings to that same harmonic that we saw in Dean, that there is now this inner core, this strength in Mm -hmm. your own perception, that you don't necessarily have a codependency that is needed to shore that up. Like, we genuinely had Cass sitting there saying, like, I have family and I didn't want to lose that. It's not just, oh, you're taking this away from me and it's what I deserve. And Cass just... I mean, think of peace of mind. He just takes up the reins and goes on that hunt with Sam. And he is the hero of that story. And everyone felt really settled in their and comfortable in their role in the family this season, I think. Yeah, that was really my other big takeaway. Like, we'll get to Sam in a second here. But the other thing that I really enjoyed was the solidity and the solidarity of Uh the Winchester family 2.0. Like, what we got to see in this season was really them in a place where they didn't have doubts with each other, where Dean did have that comfort level to be able to shout these things in the heat of the moment and know that his brother isn't going to go, oh, well fuck him now. Like, I'm mad at Dean. Like, that wasn't ever anything that's in question. And I feel like we saw that also when it came to Jack in the Box and Moira, where Dean was being more assertive about his position because he could have the faith that it's not going to drive his family away. And even though we have Cass here sort of on the outs versus Sam and Dean, it still doesn't feel like a break. Uh-huh. It feels like something that like is a bruise that needs time to heal. And yeah, man, on that, so in the background of this summer, you've been watching uh, uh, Supernatural seasons five, six, seven. And you're giving me too much credit. <laughs> I've been watching seven and eight whatever but but i'm thinking about those you know i'm thinking about those earlier seasons and how so much of the story was driven by brother versus brother or mm-hmm. or Cass's betrayals or the secrets kept you know it- yeah exactly and i'm like okay that feels like 
your first estimate for where we can find drama. You know, how can we create conflict in the story? Oh, we'll do interpersonal. Like, okay, please don't. (laughs) I guess is where I'm getting at. Like, just Uh please don't. Because a lot of the joy of the show comes from knowing that your characters have each other's back. They might fight about where they're going to in the future, but I just don't like the feeling of, oh, I'm not talking to you now. And like, will they or won't they become friends again? Like, if that's the level that you brought it to, like, I'm never going to believe that you're going to solidly give us the answer. No, they're never going to be friends again. Like Sam and Dean are done. So what you're just doing, like now I'm biding time waiting to see what you're going to do to bring them back together rather than enjoying the drama that comes from these two characters being pitted against one another. Yeah. yeah. It's just maybe that's personal taste, but I'm like, it's not for me. And until, you know, the, these these last couple of episodes of season 14, we didn't see any of that. And and it was refreshing is what it was. Honestly, yes. Like, I, I say it once, say it a hundred times, but it really does feel like they are a family. And I really do love that the drama is an external thing that they have each other's backs toward. Like, right. we literally end this season with the horde coming in and Sam and Dean and Cass back to back to back defending each other against yes. what's coming out. Like, that right there, I'm like, put that under a microscope because that's the type of moments that I love for this show. And I hope that season 15 gives us more of them. My last note on episode 20 was Team Free Will. Yes! Yes! Because that's that's a core note right there. Let's keep hitting it. Yep, yep. And how rude of me. I sent you off on a tangent about family. Let me bring you back in. (laughs) What about Sam? How did, what did, what kind of character development did you see in Sam this season? Because I think that's for me personally. I maybe I'm just lazy, but I think that's hard to pin down. I just can't grasp that. Oh, see, yet. where I found him interesting is that where Cass and Dean were more following these upward arcs, what we had with Sam was a lot more roller coastery. Like he spent the first couple episodes really just having to be the leader and having to find his roots in there. And when we got to, I think it was Unhuman Nature? Yes. Or no, Nightmare Logic. Oh, yes. <laughs> when when we got to Nightmare Logic, then that was when he took a hit to his confidence and had to figure out how to rally again from that. But we ended on the note in Nightmare Logic that this is something that he just has real skill for and that he has heart behind. Like he's figuring out body cameras. He's figuring out how to teach them, how to keep them safe, buddy system, all of these things. Like you, you don't do that kind of effort if your heart's only half in it. And so what we really saw this season was Sam sort of having the opportunity to step out And again, it's not the same sort of independence that we saw with Cass and with Dean, but he is having something that is his own. He is able to be independent, stand in this, and own it as something that he can move forward with in confidence. 
that's one of the things that I really, really loved at the beginning of the season, and I wish that they had uh, had a bit more follow through with it. Well, I think that the arc that they gave him though showed that he had it until he lost the hunters, like when Michael killed them in Ouroboros and took out so many of the members of the Hunter Hub. Then that really shook his confidence again. Like again, between Dean. Sam and Cass, it's really like Sam took the biggest hit to his confidence. Yeah. Cass has been under assault for the last couple episodes, particularly under Dean, but he still seems like he's holding ground. But it was Sam who really lost that big part of who he was. And so for his growth over this season, it's really been sort of seeing him flourish and then seeing him get kicked back that notch and then sort of having to lick his wounds and try to find his footing going forward from there. Yeah. And and there was just so much narratively that needed our focus after Ouroboros that we haven't yet seen Sam pick himself back up. But that is definitely on my season 15 wish list. Mm -hmm. I want some resolution for this Hunter Hub and Sam's role in, you know, as a man of letters and as, uh, as this chief, as chief. Yeah, and I do think that we will most likely see that for season 15. Like, if not, I don't want to put it down too specifically how we'll see it, but I do think that we will see more of, like, Sam accepting or learning, leaning into his strengths as a leader. And that's what the Hunter Hub gave him, and I'm optimistic that we'll see it in some other light in 15. Yeah, yeah. And all of this with Sam and the Hunter Hub, I mean, it also lends itself to what I was saying about Dean and his relationship with his brother and how that is changing in that it was kind of this pivotal moment at the end of season 12 when we had Dean um, clap his brother on the shoulder and say, you go you lead this charge. I'll be here and you don't need me there to have your back, basically. I I trust you to get the job done yourself. And we saw that, we saw that happen between Dean and Sam, but I don't think that there was any follow through with it in season 13. Uh, But I think that it was a real shining star this season, that theme, because we... Oh, man, I don't know if I want to do it now, but I think I'm going to do it now. Uh, (laughs) Bringing up what we talked a lot about on what this season was building for Sam and Dean on, you know, possible futures for them. Mm Mm-hmm. Where we saw Dean in Rocky's bar, and we've seen Sam in his in his confidence in leading the Hunter Hub, and it's just we see it, and and it's so good, and we want it so bad, and I just fucking Dean standing behind that bar saying, "Yeah, he's Sam's yeah. off with Cass, and they should be home soon." Um, 
it's just that's the kind of autonomy I want from them. I don't want this, you know, Thelma and Louise right off a cliff together. Like, yeah. it's just not what... It's not what I see for them. And it's not what they see for themselves. Like, you could maybe get away with that in season five, but after 15 years of emotional investment in these characters to handle their end of their story in that fashion is... <laughs> a bit insulting to the audience yeah it's like oh you fools you've cared for this long like even if they go out in a big heroic fashion i'm still like "Mm, i've I've been with these people long enough that i want to see them happy and doing things that they enjoy that exist beyond saving the world yeah i i yeah yeah, you know, you know, I agree. I can't. I, there's nothing to add to that. I, I can't play devil's advocate on this one. It's yeah, it's it's very much what I want for them, and I agree with you that it would be insulting to just uh, kill our leads and say, oh, that that's our big finale. Like, yeah, it's shocking, but it's not. There's satisfying. no longevity behind it. Like, yeah. How are you going to get anyone? Okay, like, hey, you haven't seen the show before. Let's go sit down and watch it. Oh, by the way, the- everyone dies at the end. It's like, mm-hmm. uh huh. I won't speak for everyone, but like, I will form a distance if I know that the character isn't there forever. Like, I'll still try my best to love them in the moment, but like, I will harden myself against them knowing that it's going to hurt when they go. I am just thinking about the travesty of the finale of Game of Thrones and how Dab, wait, is Dab showrunner next year? Yeah. Dab? (laughs) Don't do this to me, Dab. He's been teasing. Like, that's the thing. I feel like there's no carrying of sarcasm through the articles that have mentioned like uh-huh. oh we're going to do a worse ending than game of thrones like it's it's sarcasm like we we know that's not what your goal is as a uh-huh. showrunner especially when you know the uh response that game of thrones received yeah yeah and just using game of thrones as an example uh i have had so many finales sour the rewatch to the point where i just i i can't stomach it anymore i cannot enjoy a a rewatch of what used to be an adored series uh god i mean since we're on a salty topic right here i guess we could go into what sort of things in season 14 brought the salt (laughs) rounds for you like do we're not gonna hit every beat but like as a whole what are some things that stood out that you maybe didn't like so much um you know what my two big ones were? Let's hear them. One was Nick, obviously. Okay, you're on mine <laughs> too. <laughs> and and I don't really want to talk about Nick all, all that much because it was just like, it was just like the F plot that nobody cared about and it just took up more time than it should have. Um, I'm like... I forever struggle with Nick's story because the foundation that's built on that Nick is even someone that is able to revive from Lucifer's body, I don't buy. And so everything that comes afterwards sits on that shaky ground. 
I so remember your mental gymnastics in like in episode one when we first revealed that Nick was alive. You're like, oh, what does it mean? I was like actually really excited about Uh it. Like I could forgive the fact that there was no fucking way Nick could be there because I was excited about the possibilities. And unfortunately, all the possibilities diluted down to Nick loves to serial kill. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I I will say that regardless of how I struggled with his storyline, that Meredith wrapped it up so masterfully in Game Night. Just the way that we had Lucifer and Nick, their stories kind of finish in one fell stroke from Jack. I was like, I love this. This was really well done, considering I had minimal investment in this plot line until uh-huh. you did this. Uh-huh. Uh, another from my season 15 wish list is, um, that no more Lucifer sentiment. (laughs) I, did we write the same notes? That was like the top of my season 15 list. I was like, he's died enough. Like the weight in the narrative of Lucifer's death and everything. Don't sully it by bringing him back. You already did. They already did. Don't do it again! Like, my God! They wrapped up Lucifer so well. So, so good. Mm-hmm. And satisfyingly. That it, it, it from the beginning, the Nick and Lucifer uh, bits in this episode, I it was, it was a stab in the back, honestly. Yeah. Now, this is where I'm disagreeing with you, in that I don't think that we slammed the door on jack shit. Uh, unfortunately, while no more Lucifer is kind of at the top of my season 15 list because I'm just like I'm tired of it. Um, I I I I don't think that we put a neat bow on Lucifer Awaken the Empty, and I I do not believe that this is the end of. That Lucifer storyline, and I think we are going to see more of it in season fifteen, and that's fine, I guess. But I'm like, I can, like, I I don't disagree with you because we do have Lucifer awake in the empty, and with the twenty finale, Jack waking to yeah. the empty, and Billy being like, "Hey, bro, what's up?" It's like. <laughs> Lucifer could very well fall into the machinations of whatever's happening there. And I'm like, as long as he is like the greasy T-1000 Terminator, I was like, fine with it. But uh, we won't get it long term. We'll see. I I, I think that season 15 is going to uh, bring a lot of characters back. And I'm still not sure exactly how I feel about it, but I think we're going to see a lot of familiar faces. And um, I I would be fine seeing a lot of familiar faces, but please don't retrod familiar ground. And Lucifer just feels like deeply trod ground. Like those ruts are deep. I don't see how they can break free from his inherent structure of daddy doesn't like me and so fuck everyone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what I'm saying is I think we're going to see a lot of familiar faces. I don't want Lucifer to stand ahead above the rest of them within mm-hmm. the story. Yeah. Like, I, I'm, I, I don't care anymore. 
But <laughs> that's about as saucy as I'm gonna get this 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 episode. I'm like, let let Jack kill him in the empty. <laughs> like, what happens <laughs> if you die in the empty? I don't care. But but <laughs> that's just basically where I sit. It feels like really deeply rutted ground and we have 20 episodes left to put a bow on the entire series please don't spend an awful lot of time going over that old ground yeah and talking about unsatisfying endings um my my second biggest eh, on on season 14 um was how we uh i guess killed michael how we ended michael Ooh, really uh, yeah yeah it was it it just seemed unfinished that jack killed michael the way that he killed michael it was meant to be abrupt and shocking and unexpected and it was it really was uh because from that point on we like it, Mike, it's not about Michael anymore. It's about Jack and what that one act of you know, a goodness smoothie slurping di- <laughs> did to Jack. What the consequences were, but I wasn't. I personally wasn't satisfied with it. Watching Ouroboros and getting to the end of that episode, um, I'm I'm still sitting here like, so wait, was it was it all a dream? Because what the fuck oh, just really? happened? Yeah, it it wasn't bad, but like Lucifer, where Jack slamming the door on the empty, but we know he's still out there. Um, it doesn't feel like a end to Lucifer. It's it, this uh, Michael death. I it it was one part that. Um, where it just doesn't feel like uh, we wrapped a bow on on that. Really? Uh, but also one part absence for Mary, where they're telling me that they killed her, but I... I, I <laughs> <laughs> you just stubbornly deny what you're being shown on screen. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. I not that I don't think Mary's gone for good. I, I we did we did put a neat bow on that. But for Michael, it was just. It, I think that it could have been done a little bit better. I don't know how, but I. I like you can't just say I think it would be better. I, know, I mean, I by know. my personal motifs, I'm like, if you say that, then how would you change it? Well. Okay. <laughs> let me hit you on the spotlight. Let me think here. about that. Because to watch it and to end that episode, I'm I'm sitting there scratching my head like, huh? And I'm like, I think that was the point. I think you're supposed to feel like Sam, Dean, and Cass in this moment of holy shit, did that just happen? Yeah, but I didn't feel holy shit did that just happened. I was just like, What? Okay. He just kinda killed him. All right. Kinda. Yeah, exactly. That's, no, what, I'm that's like, what I'm saying. I'm, I'm saying kind of. You say kind of because I'm like, he definitely killed him. Well, well, yeah, he did. I mean, I, I'm not saying I am absolutely not saying that I don't think that that Michael's dead, that 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 Jack killed Michael. I, I don't think it's a Lucifer thing in that he's, you know, I don't a know. He's going to fucking the last alien. Season. Yeah, he's going to alien burst out from Jack's stomach Jesus. at some point. Like, <laughs> I just wasn't satisfied with his ending. 
it, it, I was like, it's so fitting because he was a character that was all about grandeur and like doing these posturing conversations and thinking that he was the dominant dog on the field. And then here comes Jack in from nowhere, essentially, that was just like, fuck you. I am not Lucifer's child. Like, I am a Winchester. And he pours himself into this moment that completely decimates his enemy. Like, I couldn't see giving Michael some glorious end. I feel like doing what they did really fed into this subversion that we were feeling so often throughout the season. I agree with that. I agree with that uh, subversion um, because it definitely (laughs) subverted my expectations. Um... And you're right, it was a, a, well, I can't say undignified end for, you know, someone who's so full of hubris as Michael was, but I, I, I really just think that it felt like an anticlimax for me. And, and I had... guess I sit here and I say, I, yeah. that's the point. That's the point. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um... And and it's not like a huge ugh for for season fourteen because I I I'm just I just don't give it that much weight because you know it was it was fine. It but just is something that pings for you. It was something that of so many g- good of so many good things and how wow every good thing was for that huge moment to for me kind of be a disappointment or an Mm -hmm. anticlimax um it it stands out that's fair yeah because it definitely was anticlimactic and i think that that was the point but Mm -hmm. you can still kind of sit there and be like it doesn't fit me nicely it doesn't go with my expectations yeah and and especially for michael it's like he was all big moments, you know. He was so larger than life. Uh, that fucking Thanos snap. That and yeah, I'm just like slap my leggy. That's the point. That's why he died. This I point. know, I know, I know, I know. Um, but that was that was one thing. That was one thing. And and okay, so this is the point of no return, guys. I'm about to talk about some uh season 15 shit that this is this is not no longer spoilers not spoilers this is fucking season 15 spoilers so i'll give you guys two seconds that's too long okay (laughs) oh come on i was gonna go i I, I won mississippi to mississippi day anyways um uh god what was i gonna say uh <laughs> season 15 spoil you gave them all this fucking lead up <laughs> i'm just fucking with you at this point uh we do know that in season 15 uh we are bringing back michael in a way are right? we what what do you mean are we adam 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 is not necessarily michael there's no way. There is. What are we gonna? What are we gonna fucking do? Say, oh look, here's Adam. Uh, when when uh, Chuck emptied out hell, but where's where's Michael? Oh, I I don't know. I guess I guess the cage was just too fucking strong. He's still down there. 
We have to do something with Michael. Michael's- I'm like, if they could fucking pull Sam out of the cage without pulling Lucifer out of the cage, like, fucking Adam can leave the cage. This is not a fucking uh, cast death tag We don't team. know what this is. We don't know what this is. Uh, we are not. We are not f- favoring the Winchesters here. Uh, this is Chuck with a big fuck you, who I, just dumped out he- hell. I don't said, want to assume that the cage okay. is open because of something that Chuck has done. Now that is an interesting point. Because I'm thinking of in Moira when Cass went to the demons is like, I want yep. to go to hell. I want to look at the cage. Like, I'm still thinking in that fashion of it's not necessarily Chuck who took the keys and unlocked that thing. I'm very curious if it is something that they see as a solution to something that comes along this plot or what have you. I don't want to put too fine a pin in it to say that Chuck let out Adam possessed as Michael. I can absolutely sit with you there. Uh, I I like that. But regardless, I'm I'm sticking to my point in that you can't uh, you can't visit the cage in this final season without addressing Michael. I'm like, I hope to God that they do. Yeah. I want for season 15, I want it to be more about our leads and their loved ones and seeing those people and having more personal scale of threats than bringing something in as globally earth shattering as an archangel. Well, I don't. I don't know. I don't know that Michael necessarily has to be the bad guy. I'm not saying that he has to be either, but I'm saying that's a scale of power that's very different than Sam and Dean and Cass and their family are dealing with the things that hell just sped out. I I would love, I would so very love to see a... Adam slash Michael on the side of the Winchesters. That would as, be interesting. As the big gun against God. Like, this is God. We did it with Amara, with Lucifer. I have that written down, actually, as one of my season 15 wish list things. I want us to revisit our familiar allies, like Charlie, Jody, Donna, Claire, and Patience. And I also want them to give us new unexpected ones. Yeah. Like, if Amara's coming back... Does the empty somehow become an ally in this? Like, these type of things I would be very interested to see. Because it would fit again with those zags to our expectations. And what you're describing, like Adam possessed as Michael being an ally, would be really interesting to me. It would be super interesting. That That's a space I would love to explore. Yes. So Michael was a bit of a mixed bag for me on this season 14. Um, because I loved his larger than life, like, (laughs) dramatic bitch disease, but, you know, (laughs) better than Lucifer. Um, but I, I did feel a bit, you know, left for wanting more on his end. So I'm very excited that we are probably going to be bringing him back in season 15 um i'm like it still wouldn't be him 
I I know I know absolutely I know I I'm know like I'm going to fight you on this one. It We're going to throw down across well, that the just miles. Brings me, that just brings me back to me not liking how they uh, killed Michael. I mean, it which Michael now? Uh, the the Michael Smoothie Michael. Okay, because you just said that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, well, but but you're saying, why would you uh, feel mollified by the fact that we're bringing back Michael in season 15? It's not even the same Michael. And, like, you're right. You're absolutely right. But, but um, you know, I don't really f- feel like it was, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to repeat myself and repeat myself. But the, the, the Michael death, it wasn't awful. I personally just just uh, am wanting for more or didn't didn't feel entirely satisfied with it. So <laughs> so but that might uh, that might just be a, a personal thing. And Michael, he's a bad guy, whatever. So <laughs> yeah. and I guess I'm just sitting here saying like narratively, I think that's the point. I think that's the flavor you're supposed to be left with. Yeah. And I, I can I can feel that. Um, but I liked Michael a lot, so, (laughs) so this was just one death I was kind of, like, disappointed in. I, there were, there were a lot of deaths that I'm disappointed in, but, yeah. Uh, how, how, how about you? Toss me a dislike, or, or a like. Well, I really have one dislike that's left beyond Nick and Lucifer, and that was that Jack became the big bad. Yeah. And I say this not that it wasn't handled well, or that it was treated clear-cut, good versus evil, because it clearly wasn't, but it was just, I guess, a little sad for me to see the question of a person being boiled down to whether or not they have a soul. Like, I just couldn't sit on board with the whole soul conversation, like the soul being the epitome of whether someone has the capacity of good and evil. I just couldn't sit on board with that part of the tale we were being told. And unfortunately, that undermines my ability to have doubts and have fears regarding Jack as a big bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even before Ouroboros, they were trying to lay down those foundations of we need to be worried about what Jack could become. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're absolutely right. Even on the rewatch, I was not picking up what they were trying to put down. And And it's not for lack of trying on their part. It's just genuinely, I'm like, I can't. I'm not picking it up. No, fuck you. I can see it on the floor. I'm not <laughs> grabbing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I also have that down on my list of dislikes. Uh, I think that they handled the Jack, like you said, I think that they handled the Jack bad guy uh, well. Uh, but I guess I can say I don't like, I didn't like the Winchester's pivot yes. on Jack. I I liked the way Jack was handled. Yeah. But the way the Winchesters handled it, like Sam and Dean in particular, I didn't like as much. It felt like the... I could see more of the scaffolding behind these decisions. Like I could see the writing requirements for these as opposed to the characters 
motivations and they genuinely choose it. Like when you have such a strong season of the character's logic flowing intuitively, when you get to a moment like Sam and Dean deciding they're going to lie to Jack and lock him up in the box and then not talk to him further. Those type of things, I was like, I just couldn't fall on board no matter how much justification we were given in advance. Yeah, yeah. Um, The last few episodes, especially with the Winchesters, it did feel a little railroaded. Yeah. So so that's something that, like, coming out of absence... um, I really didn't want to see from from the narrative because coming out of absence, we we I think that we didn't really know what way the Winchesters were going to fall on the Jack issue. No, um, I thought there was going to be strife for sure, but uh, but absence in and of itself subverted my expectations. Where it, the whole problem solving part of that episode was how are we bringing mary back or how do we move on from this death rather than how do we hunt down the monster that did this ugly thing yeah and it was also a bit of like how did we not see this coming yeah yeah but as i said then there there was a surprising lack of anger directed towards jack yeah and it was just this like really sad uh, a tragedy yeah 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 and this um desperation and the drive to fix it but but the tragedy was in that it was something unfixable yeah um, and then and then of course the next episode we just did a complete 180 yeah which is unfortunate because yeah. that's really solid groundwork that was laid before it and then we, again, you could see the scaffolding in the decision-making that was happening in Jack in the Box. Yep, yep. It, it just needed a bit of a defter hand. On... Well, and I'm like, did it even need to go there? No, no. Oh, as, as we said a couple weeks ago, you could drop Jack in the Box from the narrative entirely and pick up right with episode 20 and you wouldn't have missed a thing. Well, the only thing you would miss is the solidifying in Dean's mind that they had a problem to solve, and that problem was Jack. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't entirely happy with the Jack thing either. I don't think it was bad that they went there. I just think that they could have done it better. Yeah. And again, more on the Winchester side than on the Jack side. I felt Jack's part of it was handled very well. Uh-huh, uh-huh. This was the season that finally got me to really like Jack. I think that's your influence, B. Yeah, no problem. Uh-huh. I'll spread the gospel. Not that I didn't like Jack up to this season, season 13, but 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 I don't think that I connected with him as much as I did this season. Mhm. Yeah, this character really got developed in a family sense in this season because last season, season 13, he was kind of torn away from Sam and Dean and spent more time with Mary. And so this was the season where he really became integrated in with the family and had a role and his death severely shook them to the point that they wanted to bring him back. 
last last thing, very last thing um, on my kind of negative side of things before I say season 14, good job, and we can talk about season 15 a little bit more, uh, was something that I want to uh, put a bit of a a retraction on or a correction on on something that I was I I talked about a little bit um both in absence and in Jack in the Box um so in thinking about dislikes for this season and on that something that comes to mind is Duma's death and even to a lesser extent Mary's death Mm -hmm. and I was thinking about Duma and, you know, you can't think about, oh, what did I not like about this season without thinking about uh, Jack in the Box and what they did to Duma. Um, But now that I'm kind of a step removed from putting a magnifying glass on the episode itself, um, I think that one thing that I said or have been saying is when Duma died, we were like, we were both saying oh, well, oh, it's so sad to see that. It's so, like, unfortunate that we're falling back into old habits and stuff like that. Um, But when I was thinking about season 14 as a whole earlier today, it made me realize that we had a lot of fridgings this season. Mm -hmm. And when you said as much... Uh, during absence on Mary's death, uh, a well-written fridging is still a fridging. I was kind of like, yeah, but I don't know. I think it was done well. I, I, I think that I think that I that that was a disservice to to the show and to the audience for me to even say that. Um, because well, it is a gray area, like. Um, f- Listeners, I probably edited down the conversation that we had in absence regarding Mary's death, but we did have a debate, essentially, of, like, does it count as fridging? Does this constitute? Because she is given weight, and we do get to see the impact that she had on their lives, but it still very much is the Sam and Dean show, and the narrative Mm -hmm. goes through that lens, and so inherently if your female character is dying to fuel the drama that or turmoil that a male character is experiencing then it's fridging so it walks this kind of gray area of it's really well handled and we do really look at mary as a character and her legacy and what she brings to the table and it fuels our characters and their man pain. So you're like, oh. but we also can't discount the history of uh, of similar mm-hmm. deaths in the show, and it is an unfortunate history. And on Duma and on uh, Jack in the Box, I know that one thing that I said was, yeah, it just feels really like 2007, really 2012, whatever it was that I said. But then um, I was thinking about it and that's just straight up not true. This season alone, we had Maggie, Mary, and Duma. Yeah. And we have the threat of Rowena's death in there too. Yeah. Yeah. 
in the last four years, um, I'm just kind of, I was thinking about it and, and I kind of walked backwards from now to season 10, um, when, when we killed Charlie, uh, which was the like ultimate betrayal at the time. But even just in this kind of new arc of the show, what I feel is the new arc of the show was season 11 through 14. I mean, we have killed Kelly. Yeah, that was the other big one. Yeah, Billy, Eileen, Kaya, Maggie, Missouri, Tony, Alicia. Like, yeah, I'm sitting here. I have 10 names written down. That is atrocious. And, and I don't know, it was just a bit of a, of a personal revelation that I had today. And I wanted to mention it here because, um, it, I, I, I do think that I had something of some season 14 blinders on when I have been talking about this Mm -hmm. through the summer. And I don't want to, I don't want to leave it sitting like that because it's, 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 it's something that, um, I do think that it's something that shouldn't just be dismissed, and I think that I was a bit dismissive of it earlier. Well, and not to discredit what you're saying, but like the season 14 blinders are very real. We're looking at each episode as their own internal thing, and we might be drawing to the episodes that came before, but we're still looking at season 14. And so, like, when you bring the magnifier out, and you look at it over five seasons, like you mentioned there, mm-hmm. and you see sort of the line of bodies that lead up to these moments, then that, like, whether you like it or not, the history of the show is there. And it does flavor these deaths in a particular fashion, especially when, like, you bring up Maggie. And I'm like, she was a character who was evolving throughout the show. She went from someone that was so scared of vampires to someone who was thrilled to be on her first hunt. Yeah. Yeah. She was there to defend Sam and Dean against insurmountable odds. And then she dies. Yeah. Yeah. You just, it's like you say, you can look at it piece by piece and you can say, oh, like this was not that bad. This was not that bad. Or like that was pretty bad. And then when you step back, you go, oh, wait, I see the history and it all kind of bleeds and taints into what we see leading Mm -hmm. forward. And um, like I said, just it, that was just a, a a personal cleansing of the soul right there. So, <laughs> so, so we we can move on from that. But, uh, but I'm glad you brought it up because it was something yeah. that, like, when we talked about it on the episode, I was even like hesitant to, you know, not cut it to let it get to air because it is kind of the dirty secret of the series that this is something that just keeps happening. Yeah. Yeah. And it is something that is making it onto my season 15 wish list. Like, I, 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 I don't want to see Rowena die. Mm-hmm. I, I have that down too. I'm like, if we have the Sam Rowena death plot, we need to resolve it, but I want it to resolve so she doesn't die. Yeah. Uh, we have a dwindling cast of characters, and I don't want it to be like core five white dudes yeah like we have all of these amazing side characters who are female and because they're side characters they're in danger yeah yeah 
So definitely something on the season 15 wish list. Uh, let's let's just uh, take a good hard look at what and I, I know this is something that you could say about literally every season by going into the next but um, you know fingers crossed for our last season. Let's take a good look on the at that pro con list. And just like I know deaths have a shock value, but they are damaging too. Like at this point, having any of our side characters, especially our side female characters, permanently die this close to the finish line, I'm like, think long and hard about what you're doing there and if the man pain is worth it. Yeah. Cause this is this is, you know, your legacy, and yes. y- y- you should think about <laughs> its fucking shelf life. Yeah, how well and does it hold up? Like you have twenty episodes to right some wrongs. You have twenty episodes to basically wrap the whole thing up in a way that is highlighting your strengths rather than devolving back into your weaknesses. Yeah. You have 20 episodes to either build or burn your bridges and yes. you have to decide which which path they're going to go down. Yeah. Exactly. So, so I'm going to real rapid fire some things. Season 14. Great job. Yep. Uh <laughs> we do like you even though we kind of went to the negative ground for a while. Yeah, yeah. I I I I actually really liked um that we had the 20 versus 23 episodes. I thought that it cut a lot of fat off of the seasons and it made for a really stronger season, I would agree. It it did make for a stronger season. So I'm um kind of disappointed that we're doing the same thing for season 15 just because like yeah, I'll take those 3 episodes. Yeah, last- you know, you can make it a 40 episode season and stretch uh-huh. it out over 2 years. Uh-huh. But, but on the other hand, if this season 14 was indie indication, then, sorry, I think I, I did a D in any there. So if, if this, if this season 14 was any indication, uh, a 20 episode season 15 is going to be super solid and I'm super excited, uh, on season 15, um, the things that I really, really want to see is a uh, satisfying restructuring of Heaven, Hell, and the Empty. Oh, yeah. Something that I thought we were going to be seeing uh, here in Season 14. Um, some resolution to Naomi's doom and gloom heaven forecast. Yes. But, but we're definitely going to need to address in Season 15, which, again, I'm super excited for it. S- Sorry, where did my enunciation go? <laughs> which, which again, is something I'm super excited for. And I was excited for it last year. So so I'm glad that we're, we are go- definitely going to hit it this year. Uh, and another thing, I want more hell. I want more hell. Give it to me. I, I want hell back. I, I, I know that uh, we, I guess, didn't want to clutter up our antagonists. Uh, story storylines by adding hell into this season 14 but i miss it a lot <laughs> and lastly don't kill Cass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> i was like you need to resolve Cass's deal with the empty such that he doesn't die <laughs> please don't do it oh my god i forgot about the deal 
empty. And like you're mentioning hell, I'm just thinking of those wayward cocktails that we were at in Vancouver where Jerry uh-huh. Wanick mentioned that one of the sets they were designing was hell and like coming up with what hell actually looks like rather than hell's representation on earth. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. Do you think they were building the cage? Or was it a new throne room? I have like zero fucks to give about the cage. So I think like <gasps> hell. Like he just said building hell. So I'm like, I don't want a throne room. I don't want the cage. I want some sort of embodiment of hell. He said it was their biggest and most costly set since the bunker. I I I forgot about that. Oh man, now I'm really excited. <laughs> the other things that I want to see, um, I like you mentioned, like I want our leads and their loved ones to live through the fia- finale. Uh huh. I would like to see um Sam going to that men of letters leadership role and Dean going to that um Roadhouse Helen Harvell supportive role. But I don't want to flash forward 15 years in order to get it, so so be it. (laughs) I'll take care of that in fanfic. And I want them to further reinforce that whole found family feelings we were getting from this season and season 13. I want them to just keep going with that, keep the strength of these guys being their backs against the world, you know? Yeah, yeah. And the last thing that I want, I want death to triumph over God. But I put the caveat (laughs) here, please be good, Billy. Don't be the villain. Don't be the unreliable narrator that I am so scared that you might be. No, Billy is, Billy is, man, I know that we've talked about it, but, but that is the big question. Like we, we ended this season with death, Jack and the empty and that we need to talk. And what does it mean? And, and you... Billy always being like, I keep my hands clean. I don't get involved, but I'm going to teleport you guys to the bunker with Michael. And I'm going to interfere in this way. And I'm going to step in and do that. I'm going to let you know about the Moloch box. Like there again, I'm sitting there. I'm like, that's her saying one thing and doing another and I just, I'm very curious to see what she brings in 15. But I would argue that keeping my hands clean, Billy, was solely her tagline as a reaper. No, she did it as hell. Like, did she, she did this in Funeralia, where, like, you guys need to clean this up, what Rowena is doing, killing these Reapers. Because if you don't, we're going to do a hard reset. Like, we have this narrative string of Billy just being like, you guys keep interfering and messing things up with the balance. And yet she herself comes in and does that too. So I'm like, there's saying one thing and doing another. And I'm very interested in who she'll be in 15. But one of the first things that she said as the new death was, you know, Dean calls her on her bullshit to say, I I thought you didn't meddle. And she said, that was then, this is now. And, and I have, basically, I have a new perspective on things and it's not that simple. 
I don't buy that because in that episode, Advanced Thanatology, she was talking about how they became players on the epic scale of chess, essentially. And so she has been keeping an eye on her chess pieces. She knows the end game that she's working towards. But I'm like, what is that game? Death kills God. Death kills God. That's what I want. Death kills God. That's what I want. (laughs) I feel like that it doesn't fix things, but it really goes a long way in my, like, a black woman kills a white man, please. Like, (laughs) having death be, like, the good versus evil in this, I would be really interested in. So I'm, like, wondering why Chuck dislikes Billy more than the previous death. And I'm very, very curious in what Billy's ultimate machinations are. Me too, me too. But I, I, and I do think that she's on the Winchesters side of things. I don't know because we ended with the her and the empty there, and I'm like, I don't yeah. see the empty as an ally yet. And so, what does that mean? I, I feel that it's all been leading up to this, and that. Uh, What's this? What's this? uh, We're overthrowing. We are toppling God from his throne. Death and Jack Winchester and the Empty are teaming up heaven and hell to basically restructure the whole hierarchy I don't know if I can have good faith in the empty at all, because the empty seems to be something that has a very particular version that it wants. And so what kind of restructuring could it have? Like what skin in the game for heaven and hell besides I want more souls? Uh, I can't even I don't see think- that being a motivation for it. So I'm like, how does it become a good character? I don't think that it is a good character. I think it is a true neutral character. And I, think- I don't think it's neutral. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Well, let, let's just say that the Empty is uh, coming in on a the enemy of my enemy is my friend situation, maybe? I don't know. Like, that's, that's the thing I'm ultimately curious about. And yeah. for all that this is our speculation episode, I'm very bad at, like, speculating six steps down the road. I like to look at where we're at and uh-huh. what sort of pieces we have and then guess on those things. But as to where those pieces will go, I mean, there's yeah. 600 different directions it could go. And I'm very curious to see what they will be doing. The Empty doesn't want more souls. It wants to get rid of all of its souls. So it's just going to send all of its angels and demons if back that to was heaven ca- and hell. If that was the case, then it would have got rid of Lucifer because Lucifer has been <laughs> awake for a long time in the Empty and it's still there. Like it, it, the, the Empty definitely does have a sense of entitlement to its souls. I will give you that. Okay. Um. Well, we'll see. We'll see. It, it, it's exciting. Um. I want to know what's what's going down with that for sure. And I don't know, with some of the teasers that we've gotten, especially on, you know, uh, some, some old characters reprising their role, I am very curious about what that means for the narrative. Yes. Like, how does Eileen fit in? How does Adam fit in? How does Amara... All of these things within 20 episodes, like... 
uh, didn't Rachel Miner also say that she was, or did she just say that she was hoping to come back? She said that she would be game, I think. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, I, I have said before that I, that, uh, season 15 is going to be preying on our nostalgia, but, uh, in this last season, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I would like to see the season um, weave nostalgia in with fresh ground. I don't yeah. want it to be a victory lap, just like high-fiving all the classic hits. I, like, I'm like. i very interested in the fact that, you know, the woman in white, um, Bloody Mary and John Wayne Gacy are figures that we saw return in episode 20 of season 14. Yeah. But like, I don't want a season structured around that. I want it to subvert in the same way that 14 did, where I can't see where you're going, but when we get there, it's going to be amazing. Yeah, yeah. I like the nostalgia, but I don't want it, like you said, just to be a rerun. So so we'll see. We'll see mm-hmm. how, how they do it and if they do it well. Um, so... So yeah, is there anything else on season fifteen that? No, I no? I think we covered like <laughs> we're not really doing the spoiler guess. We mentioned sort of what we do know coming up for fifteen, but as far as I'm concerned, I'm like we're like <laughs> it's going to be the week of this thing airing that we actually get to see the first episode, and then holy crap, we'll see where it goes. Yeah, shit's gonna go off, guys. I'm so excited. Oh my. God. Gosh, I can't believe it doesn't seem real. I know. Yeah, it's, uh... It's happening. It's happening. we're ready or not. (laughs) So, so let's, let's go ahead and wrap it up. Let's call that, let's call that a day. Yes. Don't you think? I think, Uh, yeah. We gave (laughs) enough, more than enough conversation about these two things. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, B, but I have had a fucking blast with our season one (laughs) see with our season one of no chick flick moments aka Mm -hmm. season 14 of uh supernatural i mean because i now oh well damn now i'm having a moment myself like (laughs) that's a fucking wrap b we just finished the season i was like we played ourselves because we finished it last week and we didn't even think about it (laughs) we did (laughs) it Uh yeah yeah we did we 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 did it <laughs> and it's been wonderful having this chance to dig into the threads that bind this story together and really look at it in more detail than just okay this is what I'm doing for 43 minutes on my Thursday evenings yeah and doing that deep dive it really has uh brought in so much more to uh the season and how i've enjoyed the season uh beyond that like you said the the 43 minutes in front of the tv so that's one part of it but also i love you and (laughs) i've been i've been having a lot of fun oh me too it's been a blast i love you too it's been so much fun and uh, and, and now I'm losing the plot a little bit, so I'm going to tell you about our Patreon. How about that? Yes. 
and our plans for it in the season to come. Yeah, just a couple weeks ago, uh, a couple weeks late because I, I was in charge, which, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you guys have noticed those like uh, 11.58 publishings Sunday night. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's me. <laughs> it's like, fine. It's, it's technically still Sunday. You've limboed in under the finish line. So. <laughs> But anyways, we 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 did kick off our Patreon. And one of the reasons why we really wanted to go forward with that is that uh, in doing this podcast, we realized, hey, we have even more things to say. Believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't end with just like, uh, it's so many hours of talk each week we do, you guys. Like, we're not even kidding <laughs> you. It's so much. You guys only hear, like, half of it. Oh, my God. We're the worst. But <laughs> it's so much fun, though. It's so much fun. And and instead of sitting here and cutting ourselves off and saying, um, oh, but we don't need to talk about that, or feeling like, oh, that doesn't fit in uh, to a particular episode, um, we 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 do want to uh go into it and and we don't want to feel limited by the no chocolate moment episodes in well themselves. and our patreon gives us a place where we can put those things that we don't necessarily think fit in with the episodes that we give you each week but you'll get the opportunity to hear some of our like hot off the press reactions to the episodes that as they air in season 15, we'll be putting those up. And yep. we are also thinking that our deep dives into particular subjects, which we've been kind of haha calling the subtext show, that that also is a place where we can put that information. And our tiers are set pretty low because we understand that the point is not to try and get you guys to give us all your money. We really do just want to put this as a place and as something that can kind of support us for the extra effort that we put in each week so for as little as like a dollar or two you can hear our live reactions and i think what was it five dollars for the subtext show yeah five dollars so, a month for the subtext show five dollars or more yeah. yeah so a cup of coffee gets you listening to us blathering on end about detailed subjects <laughs> and we will actually take requests if there's something in particular that interests you we'll definitely dig into it yeah, yeah. And I'm super excited for those raw reaction episodes that you can get at the $2 tier, um, where in, I don't know about you, B, but I didn't want to feel like I couldn't come to talk to you about the episode before we uh, sat down to record oh, exactly. about the episode. And like, so. whenever we did immediately, I should say whenever we did, mm -hmm. whenever we do talk after the first watch of an episode, it is a lot more just stream of conscious. We're just talking about the things that spark in our imagination the storylines that we wonder if they're coming up next week. Whereas what you'll see on the main No Chick Flick podcast um, stream is going to be sort of like the episodes as you're hearing now, where we are looking at each scene and dissecting the information that we're given. And really saying within the bounds of the episode. Yes. Not not projecting out or back too much. Yeah. Um, Speculation abound for $2 a month. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. And and the thing that I love about directly after the episode is we also get that episode preview for the next week and yes. talk about speculation. It's, yeah. You know, hey, we now have 30 next. seconds. Let's de- uh-huh. dedicate like 30 hours of thought process <laughs> to it. Yeah, we won't be releasing full two hour uh, uh, next episode speculation eps with our after talk, but we would burn (laughs) ourselves out if we did that. (laughs) But yeah, I'm super excited for that. Those those raw and uncut uh, NCFM uh, moments. Yes. And beyond the patreon uh as always if you are listening and you are enjoying our content then we love to see your uh rates and reviews and your comments on twitter or tumblr or or however you guys reach out to us it is the fucking highlight of our day to see that kind of feedback and it's it's so so appreciated and we've had a fantastic summer and it's been so exciting to see you guys engaging with us uh as we've been covering season 14 so yes and if we can make one request of you guys like ignore the patreon if you got it but like if you could give us rates and reviews or if you could recommend us to a friend um like we said we're a kind of small independent podcast here and that's really about the only way that we get out to people so it is greatly appreciated if you decide to give us your time in that way thank you yeah thank you thank you guys uh are 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 you excited for season 15 I'm I'm so excited. I I have no idea where we're going and I'm kind of it's so sad to say that after like an hour and a half of conversation here but I'm just like very thrilled that we have a 20 episode road ahead of us and I don't know where it leads. Yeah, yeah. Uh so next week. Yeah. We're see you guys next Sunday. And uh-huh. holy shit, we hope you're excited as we are. Yep, yep. It's shit's gonna pop off. <laughs> I don't know why yes. I just said that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, whatever. See you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Oh god, I feel like I have to burp. <laughs> Do it. I, I I I never know how. You just Yeah, I can't teach you there. <laughs> <laughs>